The reading today is from 1 Peter, chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. Wives and husbands. Wives, in the same way, accept the authority of your husbands, so that, even if some of them do not obey the word, they may be won over without a word by their wives' conduct, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Do not adorn yourselves outwardly by braiding your hair or by wearing gold ornaments or fine clothing. Rather, let your adornment be the inner self with the lasting beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in God's sight. It was in this way long ago that the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by accepting the authority of their husbands. Thus Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord. And you have become her daughter as long as you do what is good and never lets fear alarm you. Husbands, in the same way, show consideration for your wives in your life together, paying honour to the woman who is the weaker sex, since they are also heirs of the precious gift of life, so that nothing may hinder your prayers. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're still here to thanks be to God. I I know some people hearing that scripture reading will go, ugh, (laughs) and switch off from it and go, God's got nothing good to say to us. Uh, When we look at the Bible, we talked about last week uh, some bad ways of looking at the Bible and some ways which are not good to interpret it. And so if you didn't listen to last week's sermon, let me encourage you, go back listen to it. It gives some context for this. Uh, last week we were talking about slaves and masters, uh, response to authority. There's lots of bad ways that you can read scripture. To say uh, women are the weaker sex, <laughs> that's so politically incor- incorrect these days. No one w- would want to say that. Although we would acknowledge that there is a biological difference. Men are generally stronger than women. But then there's women weightlifters that can... There's, there's old ladies that are 90 that are weightlifters that can lift more than I can ever lift. Uh, so we wouldn't really want to say that. And so bad applications of the scripture look like wielding something like that, women of the weaker sex, as a club. Now today, 1 Peter said, or Peter Uh, has said to us, women of the weaker sex. What's he on about? He's just said to men, be considerate. We hear that and go, well, that was was not considerate. And so we would never say that sort of thing. We we can look at someone like Ash Barty, who won the tennis last night, and far from being a weak person, she mentally incredibly strong, physically strong in spite of her size. Far and above, there's many women that are, far stronger than men at many levels. We see it in universities, we see it in uh, sport, we see it in workplace, we see it in childbirth. Uh, Let's all just agree that we're not going to write this text off because of something that Peter says that offends us. Uh, But a bad application. Is there any women here that have braided their hair this morning? Oh, we've got a braid. Oh no, it says in the Bible, don't braid your hair. What? What was I on about? Uh, The truth is, 
Peter was wanting us to be more concerned for inward beauty rather than outward beauty. The context of the time, well, women were using their outward beauty as leverage to try and gain control in society. He, he was saying, well, actually, don't do that. Don't operate that way. Inward beauty is a priority. Is it a continuing principle that women shouldn't pursue outward beauty or braid their hair? Not at all. That, that's, that's a bad application of the text. And so that's not, not what we're called to do as well. The truth is, uh, Paul, uh, Peter's wanting to say to us, build up what doesn't fade. Now, is that a message just for women? Not, not at all. It's a message for men as well. Build up what doesn't fade. Build up the inward beauty, because that is a beauty that, as time goes, it will not fade. When Katie and I got married, the minister said, take a good look at each other right now because this is the best that you're ever going to look. It's all downhill (laughs) from here. Pursue an inward beauty that will not fade. Now, bad interpretation is that, well, there's no need to look after the body. Just pursue inward beauty. Well, no, actually, we need to look after what God's given us so that uh, we can serve him well with what we have. So the challenge for us is context, context, context. You need to understand the context, and so let me give you some context. Uh, Socially, uh, the treatment of women uh, wasn't great. Uh, Jewish women uh, were fitted in what was very much a patriarchal society. Uh, They were equal before God, but the law... Uh, meant that they couldn't serve certain roles, they couldn't own property, they didn't have inheritance rights. Women in the Jewish uh, faith were were not equal uh, in terms of what we would see in society today. Uh, From a Greco-Roman perspective, if a woman lived in Athens, she couldn't own property, she couldn't be in power. But if she lived in Asia Minor, she could own property, she could hold a public position, she did have the ability to run her own business and had a little bit more power, but still not the same power as men. That's the context that this text was written into. Now, 50% of the population was going to be women. Peter's just said to us, slaves, so one third of the population, don't just run away and embrace the freedom that you've got. Instead, sit in society and seek to win over from within. Now, Peter is giving a similar instruction to women. They've embrace the freedom that they have in Christ and they want to throw off the the shackles because they've realized their equality before God. And Peter's actually saying, no, for the sake of the gospel, stick in the order of authority relationships that you are within, in the society that you're in, in the time that you're in, in order that you will win over those people. Because suddenly if a a woman was to say, no, I've got a different faith, I, I no longer need to fit within this order of society, society will be turned on its head. And the people would say, well, this is just these Christians. They're they're troublemakers. They're uprooting society. They're disrupting relationships. And so Peter's instruction is one for the people living in that world, don't turn things over because your purpose here is to see transformation happen, to seek the good of the city that you're living in. In general, um, so many women becoming Christian and embracing freedom and doing that badly would have caused a huge disruption to the order of society. And Peter wants 
uh, Christians not to get a bad name just for the sake of claiming rights. This wasn't a a message to them uh, just to uh, disrupt the, the system of the day. And it wasn't a message to them to say, well, actually, the eternal order of the household is this order, and therefore you eternally need to apply this order. It wasn't a message saying patriarchy is the continuing pattern for God's people. That's not at all what was happening here. It was a message to say, respect the order and authority to enable the gospel to go forward. It's the context of the, the Bible is this very message. Accept authority. Uh, don't uh, seek to exert your rights, but silence the ignorance of the foolish by doing uh, what is best. Live free, yet don't use your freedom as a pretext for evil and honour everyone. Uh, when we think about the, the issue of uh, this text, uh, even the translation that we read tries to dumb it down a little bit. Uh, when it says in 1 Peter ex, uh, to wives, accept the authority of your husbands, the word submit. Now, we don't like that word submit, and so the NRSV has dumbed it down. Uh, so, assuming that we can't deal with, with difficult words, uh, because words like that have been used in the past to abuse people. And let me encourage you, if you know someone or have suffered abuse yourself and find talking about the concept of relationships between men and women difficult, I'm happy to, to talk to you about it because, as I've said before, this text is not to be used as a bat to control people. Abuse is not okay. Uh, we don't tolerate it in the church or society. And... It's not instructing women to stay in situations or men of abuse and endure it. Not at all. This, that's not the point of the text, and that's a bad application of it if people have used it in that way. When, when we talk about these issues, I like this picture uh, where we, we talk about men and women and the, the issue of equality. Uh, we, we know even today that it's not perfect, the society that we live in. We see it in the workplace, in the boardrooms. Uh, and so equality looks like this, everyone having the same box. But uh, equity looks like recognizing that equal opportunity doesn't look like equality. Some people need a leg up. <laughs> and I like this picture of reality. The, the, rea- the truth is, whether we acknowledge it or not, there is people with more power people with less power. Uh, There is a need for us to understand and recognize that the people with more power can often use this power to control other people in order to get what they want. Uh, The people with less power can often use their lack of power as an opportunity to manipulate, that is, underhandedly control, in order to get what they want. Uh, The ideal is that we are in this position of equity where we recognize power, we recognize what we have, and we seek to elevate others. You see, control is about us elevating ourselves. Uh, Honor is about us seeking to elevate others. Our power is used to keep someone in someone's spot and to elevate uh, oneself. 
control is used in the same way. And so as we look at this passage, the temptation is for us to look at it and go, well, I see someone else doing this with their power. That's wrong. What I want you to do as we go through this passage and consider how God speaks to us through it, how do I use the power or authority I have well? How do I honor power and authority well? Do I manipulate and control? Do I trust? There's lots of challenges for us in this text. Uh, We're good in our society that we live in at pulling down people when they're high. We're not good at honoring people, that is lifting people up. We're not good at respecting. We're good in our culture at the authority of I and the priority of me. This text challenges the authority of I and the priority of me and it challenges us to think about the people that we live around and how we relate to them. Uh, Equality fights for oneself, uh, but equity is about fighting for others. And that's what we're called to as Christians, to fight to elevate other people. Uh, Equal power doesn't recognize reality. We all have power and strength that's different to others. Each of us in different ways have power or strength, uh, whether it's the wit, the mind, uh, whether it's real world, we have power and authority. Do we use it to serve ourselves or do we use it to serve others? Because all of us are equal in God's sight. And so the challenge for us is to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, that we would see this equality become a reality. Uh, And so we have a part to play in that. So in relationships, we have this challenge to function well. If we have power, the tendency to wield it to control others without consideration to benefit oneself isn't good. If we don't have power, the tendency to manipulate things, and we've all seen it, people that will not have the power but then go behind someone's back in order to manipulate a situation, say certain things, get certain people on board in order to unseat someone in power. We've seen it in our political parties. Unfortunately, our political parties are not the healthiest representation of what good relationships should look like. That's a problem because these are leaders meant to be setting the culture in our society as a church. Sometimes we don't do relationships well. And so we're called to model what good relationship looks like as we see it demonstrated to us by God and as we're taught it by the, by the Holy Spirit. So the model of relationship that we see that's toxic in our society is this. So in verse, uh, the second half of verse 6, it talks to women and says, don't be fearful. Because you know what fear leads to? Fear leads to this place of you don't trust your situation, the people in authority, to do what is best by you. And so if you fear that the person that has authority or influence in a situation is not doing what's best by you, what you do is you, what we do is we try and control something. And as we try and control something, it's usually try and control someone, uh, relationships break down. Uh, because when you try and control someone, like you, you try and grip onto them, they try and break out of that grip. It's the, the natural response. Or you crush them. So they either resist 
your, your desire for control, or they are crushed by it. Both outcomes are, are negative and lead to relational breakdown, which leads to shame as, as the person that recognizes what they've done is wrong. And so the, the husband that does abuse, when they're confronted by someone else that what is wrong, they feel a sense of shame, but they haven't figured out a new way to operate. And so someone in this pattern tends to just go back to doing the same thing. Uh, they fear... And what they fear, they seek to control. Relational breakdown occurs, shame occurs because relationship has broken down. And then it continues because relationship has broken down. There's a fear it's not going to work. So they seek to control. The relationship breaks down further. And so when we operate out of this place of fear, I don't trust someone in authority or I'm in relationship with to do the right thing by me. We seek to control them. Causes breakdown. When we realize what's going on, causes a sense of shame. The fear rises up, causes control, causes relational breakdown, and it becomes this cycle. And it's hard to break out of this cycle. And we we want to use power to break out of this cycle, but it's not actually the the way that this cycle breaks. When we fail to be honoured, we don't trust that the person in authority wants the best for us. And so we seek to control. Relationship breaks down. It's a sense of shame. Education is an option, but no one wins when we resort to control. No, No one wins. The end point of someone that commits abuse and doesn't stop it is usually jail. <laughs> and that, that's a way of controlling the person, but it's not a way of reforming the person. No one wins when we resort to control. Uh, to lighten up, let me uh, talk to you about... Uh, I used to play indoor soccer before kids, and I would love to still be playing indoor soccer, but I don't. Uh, there was this one grand final, and we were going up against this other team, and it was a, it's a really close match. I was playing in defense... And every time the ball came up the, our end, I was, this, I was this little bit quicker than this other guy. And he was getting so frustrated. Uh, he was fearing that his team was not going to win, and so he was seeking to control me. And so he would start attacking me instead of attacking the ball because he couldn't get to the ball fast enough. I was getting there and getting it out uh, back to my players. And I kept saying to him, look, if you go for the ball, you're probably going to get it. And that was frustrating him to no end. I was being nice about it, but (laughs) it was the truth. Eventually, when I said it, he turned around and just went, whack. Uh, I'm reasonably big. I can can cope with a whack. Uh, But the the referee saw him do that, and all of a sudden, he was kicked out of the court. He He swore at me, and he said, I'll see you outside afterwards, blah, 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 blah. And he'd said something to his dad, and his dad came up to me and he said, why did you say those things about my wife? I, I said, no, I actually didn't say anything, told him the truth. And he, 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 said, he realized his son was actually stirring up trouble, that I hadn't been talking badly at all. I just pointed out that the guy should go for the ball rather than me. Uh, then, but this guy, even as he's leaving the, the court, is still operating in this fear control mindset. He's fearing that the game is going to be lost. So he tries to put fear into me in order to 
control me. Now, the end result was we won the game and they didn't and he wasn't waiting in the car park because his dad put him back in his place. But fear and control is, is something that we try and use and it doesn't work. No one wins. The end result is generally if you keep resorting to control, complete relational breakdown. So what's the, the path that we're called to pursue from this text? And it, so it's, it speaks to wives and husbands, but I think we can equally hear the message in here as we recognize authority relationships. Sometimes you have authority in one area and not in another. I think it's, it's not making a point about household order. It's making a point about authority relationships and how we use them. We win people over, not when we resort to control, but when we resort to honor. What is honoring doing? Honoring is recognizing who this person is. Recognizing them as a person, not a problem that's getting in our way. And so when we honor people, what we're actually doing is we're honoring God. When we honor people, we're honoring God. What we're doing is we're saying, I see who God created you to be. I see that God created you as a person with good gifts. I see you as a valuable person. I see you as someone that is equal in God's sight. I see that you're a good person, that God has created with good gifts. And so when we honor people, we're, we're honoring God, how God has created uh, the, the person that we're in relationship with. And as we honor people, as we recognize people as God sees them, relationship trust is built. So let me give you an alternate cycle that we can pursue that builds relationship. We honor people. That is, before they've done the right thing, we honor people. We see them as God sees them not how our experiences teach us to see them. We, we actually honor them as God sees them. For the woman that's been abused, actually to, to honor them as God sees them can sometimes mean to let them experience the reality of the law. <laughs> For someone that is disrespecting authority, honor them as God sees them. Trust that they can use the authority well. And as you honor and trust someone, who's ever, um, if someone's honored you, decided that they should continually do the wrong thing by the person? <laughs> when, when we are honored, that builds trust in relationship. When we honor and recognize someone as God sees them, we begin to reestablish a relationship of trust. And as we trust a person we can seek to serve them and as we seek to serve them our relationship will grow so we trust other people to to use their authority well that's that's a challenge for us because we would like to i think control people into using their authority well but it doesn't work so we can win people over through honor it says in this text for wives to honor their husbands and to win them over in that way. For us, as we recognize authority relationships, we can win over people with honoring people, with trusting them, with serving them. And this isn't an encouragement 
to remain in an abusive relationship. This is an encouragement to seek the best for a relationship. Because no one wins when we resort to control. Uh, When relationships go wrong, honour the other person. What what does that mean? I don't presume that the intent of the other person was to do wrong by me. So I, I trust that there was good intent behind a person, whether I've seen a good result or not. I, I'm able to honour someone, and, and so current relationship advice is when you're talking through things, you, you don't say, you did this, you did the wrong thing, you're a terrible person. Well, current relationship advice is actually you say, this is what happened. This is how I made, it made me feel. And then in doing that, as you present this before a person, you're honouring them, giving them the opportunity to rebuild trust, to, to recognise things as they are, and to serve using uh, their authority. Now, who am I responsible for? Me. Can I be responsible for someone else? Can I try and control them? Well, that's, that's being responsible for someone else. No, by honouring, I'm giving people to be respo- the opportunity to be responsible for themselves. Uh, when I treat someone according to my expectation of how they behave, they, they generally behave that way. And so this works, so this cycle, this works as well for adults as it does for kids. It works in any relationship. You honour people, uh, you will build trust with them, and as you serve them, your relationship will grow. People like people who respect and honour other people. When I honour people according to their design, I'm praying, God, work out your design well in this person, and I'm patient in the meantime. So my primary adornment that I'm called to is to be inward. Now, there's an instruction uh, to wives to be con- uh, to husbands to be considerate to wives. I think that's an instruction for anyone who has power or authority. Be considerate. So, so what does that mean? That is, I'm sensitive to the emotions of, of the other. Recognizing that in a relationship I have power, I'm sensitive to the needs. I'm understanding, listening, not assuming to know the answer. Helpful. Sensitive to the capacity of others. I'm patient. Sensitive to pace. As I embrace change, I'm sensitive to how others experience change. Kind, sensitive to the heart. You see, demanding doesn't work. It, it just doesn't work. It's a, it's a form of control. But when we honour others, when we're considerate to others, relationships begin to work. Being considerate is about us using our position of strength to serve. So as we consider this text, where, where, do we, where do I have authority? Where do I have power? Whether it's position or whether it's unspoken. Where do I have power? How am I using that to serve? Where do I have power? How am I using it to serve? Our challenge is 
continually as Christians not to use our freedom to serve ourselves, but to use our freedom to serve others. Now there's another challenge here. It says for husbands, if you're not being considerate, if you're not honouring your wife, it's going to hinder your prayers. This is a challenge for all of us. If in relationship with others, you're not being considerate, it's going to hinder your prayers. Why is that? Because we're failing to honour who God created them to be. And so when we're not considerate, if we're struggling with our prayer life, consider how you're being considerate of others and honouring others. So I didn't come up with an identity declaration of I am the weaker sex because it's a bad application. It's bad uh, appreciation for the context of the text. Uh, but this is, I think, some challenge for all of us, whether men or women, uh, in these three statements. I choose to adorn myself inwardly with the fruit of the Spirit who lives in me. Uh, so the fruit of the Spirit, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, love, self-control, joy, goodness, and faithfulness. I choose to honour and serve others with the freedom I have in Christ. I choose to use the authority I have to serve the needs of others and not myself. So if you're happy making these declarations, let me invite you to speak them out with me. I choose to adorn myself inwardly with the fruit of the Spirit who lives in me. Peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, love, self-control, joy, goodness and faithfulness. I choose to honour and serve others with the freedom I have in Christ. I choose to use the authority I have to serve the needs of others and not myself. Does God intend a patriarchal world? <laughs> no, this, this text is not supporting that. Uh, do we support slavery? No. Uh, can you have civil disobedience or protest? Yes. Uh, should we act with honour towards those with authority? Absolutely. Uh, is, there, is there cause to not be submissive? Absolutely. Is there a greater need for us to build a culture of honour? 100%. You see, we can point out all the patterns of failure, all the wrong interpretations and miss the good that is here for us. The good that is here for us is for us to pursue honour in every relationship. See God as someone, as God sees them, as God sees them. Treat them as God would have us treat them. Love, serve, trust. For all of us, there's a challenge to humility. Because as Christians, we're called to submit ourselves to our Lord. And so if we have a trouble submitting ourselves to each other in relationship, we're going to have trouble in that relationship as well. So let me encourage you to be a, a lifelong learner of what it means to submit yourself to the Lord. And through that, through that honouring of Him, learn to honour other people and serve other people with the authority that you have. In Christ, let me pray. Our Father, you, you call us into relationship with you by your Son, Jesus. 
Uh, you call us to come in humility. And so, Lord, we, we come in humility with hope. Uh, hope uh, that you offer us a better way of living in relationship with each other. I hope that there's uh, health available for relationships as we step out of the fear and control cycle. Uh, Lord, where we need our freedom, uh, we know that you brought us freedom through your cross, that you lead us into freedom by your spirit. Lead each of us, Lord, into a place of freedom in our relationship with others. Help us to begin to see people how you see them. View people how you view them. Love them how you love them. Lord, where we've uh, experienced uh, the, the trauma that comes through being controlled ourselves, uh, Lord, we, we ask, Lord, that you would be our healer. Uh, that you would use each of us, Lord, to bring healing to each other as we relate to each other well. We pray, Lord, that you will bring a reset in relationships where that reset is needed, Lord, that where, where fear and control have operated. Uh, may you give us that, that reset. May you help us to be honest and may you lead us to honour. Thank you, Lord, that we are, we're not victims, that we're free in Christ. Help us to use that freedom, that authority, that love that we have to honour and serve others in the name of Jesus. Amen.